What's good, y'all? Welcome back to HRT. I hope your week was splendid. This week, we have a new guest. His name is Torin. Uh, Torin hit me up on Instagram a few weeks ago, and we started talking, and I realized that he's got some really cool outlooks and insights to what being trans is like for him that I haven't heard from other people in the past, so I'm really excited to share that with you guys. Uh, also, I noticed that a lot of you joined the Discord from last week's episode, which I greatly appreciate. Let me get a round of applause for you guys. Uh, Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Um, If you haven't joined yet, you're clearly just transphobic and just click the link in the description below. That's all you got to do. Also, you're homophobic if you haven't subscribed to my Patreon yet. So just do that. The link is also in the description below and I would greatly appreciate it. Let's go talk to Torin. Thanks, guys. Let me just start by asking you, where are you from, brother? Because I actually don't know. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts. I've been here my whole life, um, which is a like, great state to be in if you're trans. Like, Hell yeah. It's, yeah, it's so welcoming. It's so open. It's so, like, accepting, you know, just yeah. understanding. We Love that. Somebody yeah. else was from Massachusetts. I always say Massachusetts because I can't say Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a problem. Yeah, I'm yeah. 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it Luke. Somebody. Somebody was also from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really dope. You've never had any problems with your state being transphobic towards you. No, but like it also makes me, you know, see the other side for people down south. Mm. You know so grateful to be up here but i also want to help the people down south to be heard to be seen you know for sure yeah i think only you and one other person are uh the only people that haven't been from the south it's kind of ridiculous how many people live in the south how wow many trans people <laughs> yeah it's a lot you know so i can't imagine we've had texas florida alabama and another one that i can't remember right now <sighs> Florida, man. Jeez, they're on some some business right now. They are, dude. Yeah. And fucking in my Discord server with everybody, I have at least fucking 10 people who live in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. Not many of them have many complaints about it, though, I feel like. I think it also has to do with the fact that they started their transition a while ago, or their medical transition a while ago, before all the laws were put into place and stuff. So oh, Okay. I guess that makes sense. How about you, though? When did you start tea? I started tea a little over a year ago. Um, so I'd say like about a year and a half right now, I started testosterone, which wasn't too bad to get on. Um, it's actually like my first appointment. I like started tea, basically. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> questions asked. They were just kind of like, OK, yeah, for sure. And I was like. <laughs> okay awesome sweet to know yeah (laughs) yeah so like i thought i had to go in there and like get like a psych eval like have like some Mm -hmm. sort of process where they have to like approve you but like i'm 28 years old like i feel like i have every right to decide what's best for my body true true but i mean for top surgery i you need like a referral from your primary and a letter Mm -hmm from like uh, your therapist, at least in Massachusetts or where I'm going. 
Right. Now, when you started testosterone for your state, literally you didn't need anything? Did you need to see a therapist or anything beforehand? Well, they have a, a certain department where I go to uh, for like my primary care. They have like a transgender department. So, yeah. A it's whole pretty department? Cool. Yeah, wow. whole department. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, that's like super awesome. And I mean, I kind of have to drive a little bit, but like it's so worth it. Doesn't matter. Why am I so stoked about just a, a department? Like that's the bare minimum. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. yay. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But like, you know, every win is like super awesome to experience. Hell yeah. Yeah. Of course. Now, you started testosterone a year ago, you said? A year and like some change. Some change. Gotcha, yeah. got you. I would assume you've been on testosterone for a long time, brother. Yeah, I know. Well, like what a year it's been. Like the first like three months, you really start to see like some changes. And then like mm-hmm. you get through like six months and then you're like, oh my gosh, like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Four, it was It was four months for me where I was like the voice dropped so fast, like in my, really? in my voice video, I'm like, hi, this is my voice three months on T. And then four months rolls around. I'm like, I'm, I'm a man now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like puberty just like really hit. Oh yeah. Slap me right in the face. Yeah. Now are you intramuscular or sub Q? So I had to look this up sadly, cause I didn't know like what that meant at all. <laughs> um, so I, I first started doing shots in my leg. Mm-hmm. And um, my girlfriend helps me out, which, you know, I have, like, a bunch of tattoos. Like, I am not afraid of needles. Mm-hmm. But taking this shot, I was, like, so nervous and, like, so anxious. It would take me, like, five to ten minutes to actually take this shot. So I've gotten a lot better. You know, shot anxiety is definitely, like, a real thing. Oh, yeah. And I think 100%. it's just – it stems off because, like, there's so much pressure behind it. Like. There's so much meaning. So I like now it's like five seconds of like anxiety and we switched to like my butt because so, I didn't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So in there. Yeah. So I'm guessing you do intramuscular then if, yeah. if you were doing it in your leg. Mm-hmm. Does how's the pain with it? Does it hurt a little bit? Does it sting a good amount? In the beginning? Yeah. Probably uh, intramuscular then. But now it only hurts if like she gets a nerve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. I've hit blood vessels, nerves. It's just it's this fun. this one time, like I had to do it to myself, and I hit like something, and then I took as soon as I took the needle out, it's just like blood, and I start freaking out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I I was like, oh my god, what what have I done? Mm-hmm. But, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And yeah. like, not to mention, like, I, and I've told that story about me bleeding everywhere multiple times in past episodes, but nobody tells you that. Nobody's like, hey, if this happens, you're fine. Nobody, nobody says a word about it ever. Yeah. No, I was not warned, like, nope. at all. Nope. I mean, when I got my first shot, there was a, a nurse practitioner. She had to be there um, to teach us how to use the needle like how to draw up the testosterone mm-hmm. like you know where to put like used needles um that kind of thing but like yeah she never mentioned like if you bleed like you know like maybe like a half dollar size amount it's normal mm-hmm. so i started freaking out when that happened but 
Yeah, I think the nurse practitioner, because obviously she helped me take my first shot in the doctor's office, and she mm-hmm. taught me how to just stick it in and push and draw it up. That's about it. That's, that's <laughs> about it. <laughs> like, nobody prepared me for all the other things that were going to happen. Clearly, either I wasn't listening or she sucked because I drew up with an 18-gauge needle the first time. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not fun. Everybody knows about that story, but it's it just goes to show, just goes to show how much how little we know. Mm. Um, but you said you had you had you struggled with shot anxiety. Oh yeah, in the beginning, totally. Like I said, it would take me like five to ten minutes, just like trying to calm my heartbeat, like take deep breaths, like mm. just not put so much pressure on my head mentally to be like you know. Yeah. It's a very important shot, but like, just get it over with, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you said you have somebody do it for you now. Is that is my that girlfriend? Yeah, she she's a trooper. Mm. I was having my sister help me out for a while too. I went through a weird period with it where I was like, I'm just not in the right headspace and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, no, shot anxiety is a real thing, and like, I don't know. I've asked a couple of people like what helps, but. Everyone's kind of just like, I don't know, it just either I do it or I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you ever thought about um, doing like different types of testosterone, like the gel or anything like that? Yeah, I thought about like doing the gel, but I heard that's like really expensive, um, which, to do that too. you know, I have insurance, but my insurance is so expensive in general too. Like, I feel like everything in Massachusetts is like so expensive. <laughs> yeah, New York too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I crossed the bo- border to like New York for like a Mexican restaurant. I was out in like Western Mass, and like the taxes were insane. I was like, "How do people live in this state?" Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> Don't even get me started, bro. Yeah. Don't even get me started. It's rough out here, but honestly, it's rough like everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to exist at this point. <laughs> Honestly. You know, how, can I? do you get your testosterone through like an endocrinologist or anything like that? Or do you uh, use something else? Well, it's just like through my primary because primary. like I said, we have a right. transgender department. So they handle oh, yeah. most of my stuff. Nice. Um, That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to an endocrinologist for the first four to five years I was on testosterone I was paying a hundred dollars every month for testosterone disgusting absolutely disgusting I mean it's not that much better now I'm using folks now but definitely cheaper than what I was doing prior because I didn't have insurance or anything it's pretty crazy though because like you know it sounds dramatic but it's not because like testosterone honestly is saving so many people's lives like it saved my life like Mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of i'm not gonna try to relate it to diabetes but like insulin like i think it's ridiculous how diabetics have to pay for insulin like it's not their fault like at all but yep and it all comes back around to people thinking that it's a choice and that's why it costs so much money because we choose we choose to inject it Maybe on, like, a very, very baseline level, sure. But, like, I don't know. Uh, it's, like you said, it's it's life-saving medicine. And the fact that I need to pay $100 a month to just 
be who I want to be. Yeah. A little transphobic, if you ask me. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. It's 2023. Yeah. Let's, like, how many times have I said here? <laughs> uh, but you said you got top surgery? No, actually, I do. I don't have top surgery. I have a consultation in April. Um, so yeah. that's fun. Congratulations. That's fun. Thank you so much. That was a process. <laughs> uh, now, where? Is it close to you? The place you want to go for it? Uh, I don't know, like a little over an hour, maybe. Nice. I'm on Long Island. I had to drive to the city, so it was like an hour or 45 minute drive. It was an awful drive back, but can't complain too much because it was yeah. not bad, not bad. Um, you said you have a consultation in April for top surgery? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Do you know like the exact procedure and everything that you want, like double incision? Uh, I think it depends on like my BMI and what they feel is best. I would mm-hmm. preferably like the, I think it's called the keyhole. Yeah, that's what I it's got. like. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I really don't want like the scars, my personal opinion. I just don't want the scars. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't either. I I got top surgery at a pretty young age. I was 19, um, and I was the same. For some reason, I just didn't want the scars. Not that I like think that the scars look bad or anything. I just personally didn't want them. And I remember I followed this kid on Instagram. His name is Justin Blake, and he got keyhole. And I looked at his chest, and I was like, yes, that is the chest that I want. Give me that one. I will take it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more or less because, like, you know, I – I just kind of want people to see me for me and not like if I go to the beach, I just don't want any more attention than I have to have. Mm -hmm. A little advice for keyhole is do pushups after do pushups because I was doing pushups and then I stopped and now, (laughs) Hey, my chest looks great. I'm still very proud of it, but it's not exactly where I want it to be. And yeah. the fact that I did spend a lot of money and now I still don't want to take off my shirt at the beach sucks ass. So do push-ups. <laughs> I work out a lot now. So yeah, I, I'll good. keep up with it though. Yeah. See my lazy ass can't find me doing no more push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I hear like all these like trans guys, like, you know, that's like the number one recommendation is like, you know, chest exercises. So ever since that, I just started doing chest exercises. Yeah, can't find me doing that. Do you find that fitness helps you a lot in your transition, though? Oh, yeah. And it's pretty crazy, like, what testosterone does to your body. Because I was pretty into fitness prior Mm -hmm. uh, to T. And then when I got on testosterone, it was, like, muscle mass was so much easier. Like, Mm. I didn't really even have to try (laughs) to, like, work out. Yeah, that's facts. I worked yeah. at like a manual labor job and I was never ever into fitness prior to my transition. Like never wasn't even a thought that ever really crossed my mind. I was like skin and bone before I started to touch her. I was <laughs> very skinny and I was working that manual labor job and I just looked in the mirror one day. It was just picking up boxes and shit all day. But like, I just looked in the mirror one day and I was like, yo, I'm kind of swole. What the fuck? <laughs> like, how the hell? <laughs> Yeah. Well, because I used to get so mad at, like, my friends, like, my guy friends, because, like, I'd be, like, busting my ass in the gym, and then they would do, like, half the set that I would do, and they'd just be like, 
you'd start to see like the defi- definition marks, and I'd be like, "What is this? This right. is trash." I know. Yeah, you don't have to try as hard on tea. I definitely noticed that, and I still don't work out. Like I know I, to make to have my chest be where I want it to be. All I would have to do is do like ten push-ups a day, and I'd be fine. But I still don't. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. I don't think I've had many uh, guys on who are who are who are into fitness, except for Aiden, Aiden Dowling, who I had on. Mm-hmm. He gave us some advice on um, being a fitness guy. But do you have any? Because I could use the help, to be honest. <laughs> On, not really. I mean, because I'm not like a professional. I kind of just work out. We have a gym in like my parents' basement. So I just come here and work out whenever I'm free. Uh, but, you know, I have two dogs and that's that alone is a lot. So mm-hmm. if you're struggling, just get a dog. That you forces go, yeah. you to like go outside and move. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good advice. I, yeah. <laughs> I was going on some pretty intense walks for a bit. Just getting my walk on, and then I stopped mm-hmm. that too. So, um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, let me know more about your coming out story. How did you come out? When did you come out? Oh boy! So like, I tell people this, and I don't think they truly believe me, but I know for a fact. Uh, I knew that, like, I was different at a very young age, like honestly three or four there's a core memory of like i was like playing with my dad and he was like tickling me and he's like oh ticklish little girl and i corrected him i was like i was like no dad like ticklish little boy and yeah yeah and like being like such a great dad uh that he is he just started saying that like okay ticklish little boy and then nothing really came out of it and growing up, I always wanted to be like my my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. Like everything right. they did, I always wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, and I went to private school, like a Catholic private school, okay. which is fun because you have to wear uniforms. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I always felt so uncomfortable wearing that uniform. How bad were the uniforms? Was it like skirts and shit? Oh, yeah. It was like the plaid skirts with like this button tie. Terrible. It, oh, yeah. Why is that like even every... a thing? Even for cis women. Like, cis women wear pants, you know? Like, what the fuck? I never understood that. Like, year-round, too. Like, Massachusetts gets pretty cold, and we had to wear those at, like, you know, five, six, freezing my, fuck? like, ass off as a child. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Child abuse. Well, like, the boys are, like, wearing the pants and, like, you know, a jacket. And I was like, word. This is great. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, I was always, like, I always hated the term tomboy. I didn't like that label either. I never okay. vibed with it at all. I found it a little more insulting. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I was a little more boyish. I played sports growing up. I always did like what the boys were doing and every time I had to dress up or uh, go to like a a formal event was like super like scary like I never went to prom growing up in high school mm-hmm. I didn't do any of like the high school events because a lot of it was just like I I don't want to wear a dress I don't want to 
mm. be someone I'm not. Like I refuse to. Like yeah. I, I just wouldn't do it. And like I felt super uncomfortable. Like before transitioning, like being seen as a female and then wearing like like a suit and tie. I didn't like that either. Mm-hmm. So that's I why that. I never really went to prom or I always felt held back in a way just because I was struggling with my identity inside. Mm. And I really didn't know that I was, I don't know, I guess trans, like I knew I was different mm-hmm. and I never thought this was really truly possible. So um, at the age of 26, I'm 28 now, like I said, um, I just broke. I had like a mental breakdown in like midday at work. I had to leave. I went up to my boss. I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to check into a hospital. I need to find some sort of help because I was at my wit's end. Like I felt like I was just living a life that was so unfulfilling, so dark, so suppressing. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And when I was in the hospital, the amount of like openness that I got from my family, like telling them like, you know, this is who I am. This is the life that I want to live. I want to transition. I've always been a male inside. Like, it's not that I want to be a boy. I am a boy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... It's so frustrating to be like held back for so many years and felt like I kind of lost a good amount of my childhood feeling suppressed and not being able to come out. Even though like nobody told me to like hide my feelings or anything, I just never really openly felt like I could talk about it. Because growing up in like early 2000s, it, it was kind of like a little uncommon like i don't know any trans guys really at all growing up <laughs> like no one in yeah. my family's trans at all mm-hmm. i'm the first one to come out mm-hmm. and i don't know like but once you come out it's like the most beautiful euphoric thing and you know every day prior to coming out i would look in the mirror and i would just be so upset with who i was like i was fitting a mold that just didn't fit me like at all mm. that's a really good way to put it bro yeah and the more and more i look in the mirror now the more you just like the more i fall in love with myself which is so beautiful that is beautiful wow. yeah now how long did you know you were trans before you came out like you said you had a mental breakdown one day at work did you know you were having a mental breakdown because you knew you were trans and hadn't come out yet or were you just like what the fuck is going on and then realized you were trans well i feel like a lot of my mental health was because i was trans um like anxiety depression because i was living a life that wasn't meant for me like right did and you know why though? Because like for me, I had no idea why I was so sad all the time until somebody shook me and was like, "You're trans, bro." Like that's why. No. <laughs> well, for all those years, no. But what honestly helped me a lot was my girlfriend. Um, I've known her since I was thirteen, uh, and we oh. dated a little bit. Well, not a little bit. We dated for like six years. I want to say maybe a little bit longer. 
she's gonna get mad at me when she watches this <laughs> <laughs> um and then we broke up when we were like 18 mm-hmm. and i dated someone for like five years five six years and that relationship didn't really help me at all that kind of put me backwards um and then when we broke up my girlfriend now came back into my life and there's just something about her that like it, it takes one person to really help you figure yourself out yep. and she really helped me gave me the confidence to be like okay so this is who i am this is what i want to do i relate hard to that that's exactly how i started realizing myself too was from my girlfriend at the time <laughs> i mean we're no longer together but like it is still something that i'm like okay we didn't work out and like whatever but that's still something where i'm like thank you for that though you know i mean i know that i would have figured it out myself later down the line but i'm still glad it happened the way it did and i feel like that's a common theme for trans guys usually typically the girlfriend that shakes them and then they're like hey bud um are you a boy (laughs) (laughs) usually how it goes yeah that's cool sorry i got a little wheeze going on if anybody can hear it my bad (laughs) (laughs) um and you were saying a lot about uh your family being supportive throughout all of it has that remained true yeah definitely um Growing up, I really didn't have a super awesome relationship with my mom, and that always kind of, like, frustrated me, because she wanted, you know, a daughter, and she wanted to do, like, mother-daughter stuff, and I, I couldn't do it. And she probably thought I was, like, such a, a difficult kid growing up, and, like, I don't resent my mom at all for, like, how she treated me as a kid, like, being so frustrated with my behavior or what this that the other thing Mm -hmm. but when I came out she was so amazed and like so supportive and she felt somewhat I think awful because you know from a parent's view figuring out and finding out that your kid was suffering for so long probably would break any parent especially a mother's like Mm -hmm. You know, to look at your child and be like, oh my gosh, all these years feeling that way. But also very proud to be like, oh, well, like at least you got there and you're able to come out and I love you regardless. That's actually really interesting because I bet you that's also where a lot of transphobia comes from mm. with parents because not that my mom was really transphobic ever, but like I remember when I came out. I did feel like there was a part of her that blamed herself in a way. Cause I feel like when you're a mother or a father, like whenever your kid is in pain, you probably blame yourself a little bit, no matter what. And I, I just remember my mom being like, not that she had anything to do with my gender when I was born. Cause that's not possible. But like, I just remember her <clears throat> being like, sorry, I didn't make you a boy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, it's not your fault. But like, I don't know. And people, I guess, who can't communicate their feelings properly, definitely, I would assume, let that out in a transphobic way towards their children, I would assume. Mm. 
So that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, do you think, because you said you had a rough relationship with your mom prior to being trans? Yeah, we really butt heads a lot. Um, we never really vibed. And now we get along pretty well. It's, it's quite wild. <laughs> that's cool. Do you think it had to do with your transition? Yeah, um, I think a good portion of it, I was... My family's not really open with each other. Like we're the ki- like type fine. of family, like, you know, we love each other, but we don't say I love you a lot. Mm-hmm. That kind of vibe. Like you leave the house and it's like, see you later, bye. But like, you know that you <laughs> love each other. It's my dad's side of the family to a T. Yeah, it's it's on both sides. Like, <laughs> it's, so I get it from both ends. Like, it's just like, peace. I'll be back later for like dinner or whatever to hang out. But um after me coming out, I, I started to become, well, you coming out is like one of the most vulnerable things you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most vulnerable things that people get to witness. And I think that right. kind of started, you know, the fire of just like being open and vulnerable with each other and better communication and mm. a look of like, acceptance and love regardless true i relate to that i mean i think that you know people who are my parents age you know in in their early 60s i guess aren't very good at communicating in general (laughs) like at all that whole generation is just not very good at it not their thing (laughs) um so i think that's also what made it so hard when i was coming out was like because I didn't understand how to communicate that because I was never really taught that. Sorry, mom, but like, it's true. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So like, I definitely struggled. I remember standing in my mom's room trying to tell her I was trans and I couldn't. I was like, mom, would you still love me if I was a worm? If, would you still love me if I was a fish? Would you still love me if I was this, this, this? And then finally he's like, would you still love me if I was a boy? And she was like, uh... <laughs> So that's how I came out to my mom because I, oh, wow. I couldn't figure it out. I I didn't know how how else to do it. See, like I, I mean, I didn't even flat out come out to my mom. Like I came out to my dad, and then he kind of like told the rest of the family. Mm. I'm because I was the closest with my dad, and that's uh, cool. yeah, I like when I was at work. Like, well, so I came out twice, if that makes any sense. Uh, the first time I came out was to my dad, and then he told the rest of the family. And then after I came out, like nothing really changed. Like mm. they just kind of like mm. had an idea now that I was uncomfortable in my body. Right. But like, like the pronouns were still the same, and I was getting frustrated, and that's what kind of caused to caused a mental breakdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So the first time I came out, I was at work and. I asked my dad if I could talk to him later that evening and I sat on the couch and he sat like on the couch adjacent for me and I really don't remember exactly what I said but like I was just like you know I don't feel comfortable in this body I would like to transition into like a male and, like, my dad is, like, blue-collar, 
like super white like but like the sweetest guy mm-hmm. and he really didn't know how to navigate that conversation but he was just like okay like you know he was more just listening and trying to like digest what's going on right. but like i never got any hate like nothing really negative that's from awesome. my parents that's cool my mom definitely wasn't hateful in the slightest i think she messed up with her words a little bit sometimes because she didn't know how to navigate it, <laughs> navigate it herself. Um, and like by accident, she hurt my feelings, but she never meant to. My dad, on the other hand, <laughs> he obviously didn't mean to hurt my feelings, but my dad just does not have a way with words. And I think the way I told him, he was teaching me how to drive at the time. So I got in the car, I got in the driver's seat of his car and I'm driving down my road. <laughs> and I'm like, sh- and I only came out to my dad. The only reason I came out to my dad was because I was about to start testosterone because I just turned 18. And I was like, I have to tell him because I'm going to turn into a man. And he's going to be like, what the fuck? Why are you with a beard now? <laughs> so I knew that I had to tell him. So I was like, uh, so I'm starting gender therapy because I'm trans. And he, I did. I was, I was, obviously, I had my eyes on the road, but I heard him go, "Oh God!" And I was like, "Ah, rude!" Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my reaction from my dad. Luckily, he came around, but yeah, not fun. <laughs> <laughs> what a reaction! That's like an instant, like, "Oh no!" Mm-hmm. Here we go. Oh no! The road we're about to go down. Yeah, like, literally, buckle up, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dead ass yeah. I'm sorry I'm inconveniencing you sorry <laughs> Jesus well, but I mean like the rest of my family's really accepting and open to um, I have to give credit where credit is due um, my uncle isn't trans but he was the first person in my family on basically both sides uh, to come out as gay and um he kind of paved nice. the way to give me more confidence to come out because he got a really positive reaction from my family. That's cool. Yeah, so. I mean, those two things definitely go hand in hand a little bit. Like, if you know, most of the time, I'd say 80% of the time, if somebody is accepting of somebody who is gay, they're most likely accepting of someone who is trans. So that would also make me feel better, too. I get that. Which is, like, pretty wild, to be honest. Like... Yeah, you know, just we have to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah, you said before you said before you came out twice. If that makes sense, and I was like, oh, that hundred percent makes sense because trans people have to come out almost every day of their lives, and in in, oh, yeah. in many senses, like I said it in past episodes, but like that's the difference between. Obviously, the difference is gender and sexuality, but the difference between being gay and being trans is usually when you're uh, gay or lesbian, you come out once and that's about it. Everybody knows. But like for trans people, you got to come out at work. You got to come out to the family. You got to come out to the friends. Every new place you go. Oh, yeah. You're not you don't have to come out because obviously being stealth is a thing. But like, you know what I mean? Well, it's kind of hard when like people like mess up your pronouns and in front of new people especially at work that's fun yeah if you haven't medically transitioned yet too like you have to otherwise you know i don't know 
I had to come out at work and I work in a dealership and that's a lot of people. Mm. Did you work there pre transition as well? Oh, yeah. Transition? Wow. Wow. How did that go? Oh, that was an experience. Um, you know, I sat down with my boss. I told him over the phone because I had to go on medical leave because I just needed a leave of absence because, you know, being trans is mentally exhausting in the beginning, especially. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came back to work, you know, I used to have really long hair, like, and I'm, I'm half Mexican, so I have thick, long hair at the time. And when I came back to work, I had it cut. And that alone is pretty, mm -hmm. pretty anxiety ridden. Uh, Cause mm -hmm. now, you, you know, you left one way coming back, looking another and trying to present and tell people like, you know, this is who I am. Don't call me this. Don't say that. Uh, in a shop, like mm -hmm. it's, a bunch of automotive technicians, mechanics, you know. Typically people who don't understand what being trans is, I'm guessing. Really, like, blue-collar, masculine men. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, so far in front of me, like, nobody has been toxic or negative. There have been, like, you know, mess-ups with the pronouns and stuff. But I'm a really, like, down-to-earth guy. Like, I'm easygoing, like... And I have a great, like, great way of, like, going about things because I just have a great sense of humor. So I try to find, like, the humor in everything mm -hmm. it's just just so I can digest it. Right. We cope with humor. That's what we do. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> way for me. So, uh, but, you know, that's, that's a lot of pressure because mm -hmm. it's a lot of people and I have to do it. Not once, not twice, like 20, 30 times. And they had a, like a meeting about it, which made me feel even more awkward. Because they were... A whole meeting about you being trans? Like, yeah. Like, just to mm. kind of tell people what's going on. Were you there for this meeting? No, thank God. Because uh, oh, I, I would just say. been like... <laughs> I would have been like, I can't do that. No, thank you. That would like, be awful, bro. No. Oh my god. That's way too much pressure and like I don't want the spotlight right, like yeah. that. I just don't want any sort of I just want to just be seen as me. Like mm -hmm. right. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine working somewhere pre transition or pre trans and then like transitioning through because like when I started working in my job that I had like I was maybe two months on testosterone when I started working there and like obviously not many changes happened then so I was definitely I was 18 17 and I I'd worked there for five years so they saw me go through all of the motions but nobody knew I was trans I think they all just thought I went through puberty at 18 years old <laughs> <laughs> like dead ass i'm not even kidding <laughs> <laughs> this one's a late bloomer <laughs> yeah like that's i'm pretty sure that's literally what they thought which is like pretty embarrassing but whatever <laughs> <laughs> i remember i had a coworker. oh my god i don't think i've ever told this story i had a coworker who we were i worked at a liquor store so we were in the basement surrounded by boxes and shit and 
we're not working, not doing what we were supposed to be doing. We're just talking. And he goes, you know, you look like one of those people that that could be, oh, what are they called? What are they called? Tran, tran, transgen, transsexual? You look like you could be one of those. And I was like, um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and I straight up was like, nah, could not come to me. <laughs> I just wasn't ready to come out at work. And I was like, mm, don't. What's that? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just play dumb and just end this conversation. <laughs> yep. And then he said it again, like months later. And I was like, you know, dude, like, I actually have friends who are trans and you're being really disrespectful. So stop. And that's where that ended. But I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> what do you Ruined call me as a person? Yeah. Ruined yeah. me as a person at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, I can't imagine coming out at work through all of the all of the motions. Good on you for that. That takes balls. And some customers too, like because they we had like mm. you know customers that come back and they they do a double take and right. they go huh? and I'm like <laughs> just just carry on your day. I don't want to have this conversation right now. We're not that close. Keep, keep walking, buddy. Keep <laughs> yeah. walking. Smile and wave, boys. <laughs> Smile and wave. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. And customers like think they have a fucking place to say something. God. I luckily have not encountered one that has given me any sort of, I don't know, negativity. That's good. Do you find that, do you find that people at work now treat you differently now that you are passing so well as a cis male and whatnot? Do you think you've, you get treated differently now? Um, not so much at work. I wouldn't know. Okay, that's good. Um, I think it's just because like no one new has started working there, so like got you. They okay. kind of just they've seen. I call myself like a Pokemon, like the best way to describe it, because I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they kind of just see me evolve. Really? Um, which cool. is like I guess in a way kind of positive. They don't treat me any differently than they did. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that's a positive thing to have look you at. Gotten, have you gotten any like uncomfortable questions throughout <clears throat> as they see you, you know, change physically? No, because <laughs> wow, I think okay. they they just be like, you know, we're at work. That's probably an HR moment if they did. True. I so they're looking sure. looking out for I'm themselves. I'm like, damn, I want to go work at this company. What the fuck, like <laughs> that's pretty cool. No one's giving you a problem. This is not. It's not a lot of people, because I feel like, who was it? I think it was Luke. Luke Luke struggled at work a little bit, one of my past guests at work, mm-hmm. uh, with some transphobia, transphobic bosses and stuff. And I can't imagine that. But also, like, Luke and I were also talking about this. Just quit. Find a new job, because nothing is worth going through that. And obviously, I understand people need money, but, like, go on Indeed, find a new job, and then quit. Because there is no, no job is worth that, in my humble opinion. No, I I fully agree. The I kind of struggle with this so a little bit because um, I really need health insurance. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no. I don't blame and, you. Uh, I through the company, I have like really great health insurance, but it's just really expensive. Like mm-hmm. I can go basically anywhere I want 
and they'll accept my insurance. But at the same time, like, I really don't want to feel stuck at this job because of insurance. And this is a job that I don't want to do the rest of my life either. So I'm trying to like actively segue into like more of like the LGBTQIA plus community because I really want to, you know, go out there and help people in our community. That's really cool. Do you have ways that you want to do that? Because for me, I knew that I wanted to do that, but I could never figure out how. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to help the trans community or be a face for the trans community or a voice for a trans community in some way, shape, or form. But I literally was like, I, how? How do I do that? Well, that's why you have the podcast, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 100%. Like, because I was thinking about starting my own podcast too, but not really specifically for, like, this community. I just kind of wanted a podcast uh, in general about life experiences. Um that's cool. Because I feel like so many people have a lot to say in the world that are muted because of society. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. But th- this new wave that I'm feeling of how I want to start like more involvement in the community is just recent. Like last month, I just kind of had like this awakening of like, like, what am I doing with my life? Like I could, I only have one life and... I want it to be like fulfilling and this job is not fulfilling. Like it's not a terrible job, but it's not a job that I want. And I know so many people probably feel the same way, but like I'm actively trying to find outlets in our community in Massachusetts to help in any sort of way that I can. Like um, I signed up for the human rights (laughs) campaign. Um, which, if you don't know that, you should totally check it out. It's super awesome. Sure. Um, and I, when I was going through my mental health struggle, I found this online uh, intensive care because nobody would take me. I was doing so many phone calls every day so I can get admitted for mental health. And it was like I either had to be admitted to the hospital or I had like an addiction problem and I didn't want either. Like I just mm. actively wanted to go to a facility to just kind of help me. Right. And like, well, I couldn't find it like, yeah, at all. And I was hard to find, no, which, you know, I was really surprised because Massachusetts, I thought was like all about mental health and mm-hmm. all that. But, uh, anyways, I found this company online called Charlie health. Um, it's all online intensive therapy, which sounds kind of weird, but it's really awesome because um, it's a bunch of people across the country that go to this website and you have different sessions with different people, like different types of therapy, like they can do music therapy, art therapy, all online. And Wow. Yeah. So if anybody's struggling with mental health, I highly, highly recommend Charlie Health. Um, Charlie Health. Yep, they were out of my network for health insurance, but uh, I really fought for them, and insurance finally approved it, and it was one of the greatest things that I could have done. And uh, I'm in their alumni program, too. They do that for free. You don't have to pay for anything. 
Wow. Yep. For like any therapy? Uh, in the beginning, insurance covers it. So, uh, oh. that's pretty cool. I've yeah. never heard of that before. And Weird. they really advocated for me too, uh, when insurance was fighting me, which I absolutely hate insurance. Mm-hmm. Like big struggle for trans. Who are they to decide what you need? <laughs> like, oh yeah, 100%. yeah. I'll definitely put that link in the description below, though, if you want. That's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Check it out. 100%. Use code um, Torn Taylor. No, just kidding. Ooh, <laughs> I was going to say, damn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely put the link in the description below. That's really that's really cool. I've never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, But I wanted to ask, when you were going through all that, you know, when you just really needed something to help you, <clears throat> I just want to make sure I'm getting timeline right in my head was this uh when you knew you were trans and like you yes. needed help with that now is that were you struggling with your gender dysphoria a lot and didn't know how to cope with that did that play a part uh, i think in a way yeah um but like i said prior to coming out i really struggled with depression anxiety probably OCD, um, maybe ADHD, but all the fun things. Oh yeah. Just like a bowl of happiness. (laughs) Uh, and now adding like, you know, dysphoria to that. I always struggled with body issues, uh, Mm -hmm. growing up. So like, uh, you know, the trigger warning, anorexia, um, I was anorexic in high school because I just didn't like my body having curves at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just a lot to to deal with mentally. And I had a stressful job also. So on top of that, and being in like your 20s is just like... God awful. Yeah, it's so difficult. Like just trying to figure things out and I'm just one person. I, I can't do it all by myself. So dude, the pressure that people, that society puts on people in their early twenties is disgusting. I could talk about that forever. I fucking hate it. Oh yeah. Society sucks. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> but, um, I also wanted to ask before you get more into that is, is it like, easier for you to decipher what like your dysphoria is now or what it was like because I always had gender dysphoria I feel like I like a little bit of it at least but I didn't know what it was until I was trans and then I could cope with it better do you relate to that at all I think I did in the beginning uh because now uh, I don't really have curves right yeah, um, I'm more muscular. I am obviously presenting more masculine. Mm-hmm. And before, every time I looked in the mirror, it was I would like stare at myself in the mirror for like 30 minutes, just picking my body apart and just trying to be like, like, what is this? Like, why am I so unhappy? Like, why? Like, 
Yeah. But, like, the more you stay on hormones, the more you, like, transition. Like, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. it was like, is this ever gonna, like, work? Like, why? This is taking forever. And it was like, I was just so frustrated. It was like, maybe, like, two months in, and I was like, why do I look like this still? (laughs) Why is this ashram not working for me? Yeah, like, (laughs) why? But, um, you know, after a year... In a couple months, I really don't struggle as much. Um, I still, I mean, I haven't had top surgery yet, so that's a struggle. Mm. But I don't look at the mirror in such a negative light anymore. It's more positive and more happy. Awesome. Yeah. Be very happy. Good. Do you think that um, most of your dysphoria comes from not having top surgery yet? Yeah, definitely. Like, do you think once you get it, you won't have this dysphoria anymore? No, I I think I'll still have some dysphoria uh, until like I have bottom surgery. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's I'm looking people... towards that. Oh, you are nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Not many people have talked about that on the podcast yet, <clears throat> and it's something obviously I I'm not going to ask because it feels a little private to ask, but <clears throat> I think. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people have come on and said that after they've gotten top surgery, their dysphoria has gone away. And for me, I don't know, actually. I think maybe if I had to put a number on it, I'd say 70, 75% of my dysphoria went away after top surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's not even all about bottom surgery either. I think a lot more good. I think somebody looking into what trans is and all the surgeries that go into it, I think people think of those two things that just give dysphoria and not a lot of people remember that so many other things play a part in dysphoria because there's social dysphoria and I think that's where I've struggled the most. You relate to that? So Yeah, social dysphoria for sure. I'm a short dude. I'm like maybe 5'3 on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> Short Kings Unite. Yeah. Um, so I'll, that kind of always frustrates me because, like, you know, I'm trans. I just want to be seen as a male. And then, like, just being called short constantly is, like, I'm aware I'm short. I didn't forget, buddy. Like, <laughs> I, I grow. Yep. And this is what, I have, mm-hmm. so I'm so sorry. I would grow more if I could. Like, I'd be happy <laughs> with like five, six. Yeah, I get that. Everybody's got their thing. For me, it was my voice for a long time, and it oh, still yeah. is. Still is. Even when I get excited, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up, bitch. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like before uh, we started recording, I tried testing out my microphone. And I was like, what is that? Like, I was like, oh, no. Like, uh. <laughs> no you sound great, bro, but I get, it. I get it. It's so hard to listen to your own voice. Oh, and I got to do it every week. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, I have to sound like like deeper. Like, I, I sound like helium. Like, I just like <laughs> took a shot of helium. It's like, oh. Uh, but that goes to show that it's all in our heads, though, because that's so untrue. Like, your voice is deep as fuck. And so <laughs> is mine. So is mine. Like, and I'm still sitting over here thinking, I'm talking all the way up here. 
No, like, I think your voice is dope. Like, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Now, how do you, do you have specific things you do to cope with gender dysphoria at all? Or are you just raw dog in life? I think no, not, uh, to be honest, not really. I have my moment of like, damn. And I go, huh. <laughs> like, I just kind of get over it. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> damn, that sucks. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, like, like, what am I gonna do? Like, I, I'm still like in the beginning of transition, so I have a lot to look forward to. So, I guess that's why I kind of like, like, damn, I feel like shit right now. And I go like, well, it's gonna get better. So wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait, I guess is the answer. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many blessings that like, I try to be really positive. Because, again, I always thought this couldn't even happen. I always thought it was kind of like a dream. Mm-hmm. I never thought I could be a a male that I always wanted, and I always was. So every day I get up and I look at myself in the mirror is like a real honest win. And every time I take that shot, even though it's like five seconds of anxiety after, I go like, well, it's one day closer to being who I always am. Mm. I like that. So cool. now I should have asked this a little bit earlier when we were talking about testosterone, but do you just taking your shot, like do you notice a change in your mood when you take it? Or no? Uh like the day of? Yeah, or just th- do you take it weekly or bi weekly? Weekly. So every Sunday morning. Okay. Do you like when you take it that day? Are you like ah, or are you like more angry? Uh, I would say in the beginning. Uh, I've kind of really leveled out now. Uh, mm. I'm still pretty hungry Dude. on Sundays. Just... That in the beginning, stop. though, <laughs> uh, it was like a roller coaster of emotions. Like I'd be really tired, and then I'd be like be kind of like a little bitch like i couldn't be satisfied to be honest i'd just be like (laughs) just in a mood like my poor my poor girlfriend like (laughs) i got me just a little bitch i couldn't be satisfied (laughs) yeah because like i would i would want something and then i get it and then i just wouldn't want it anymore i'd just be like ah (laughs) (laughs) like literally me to a (laughs) day yeah it's just but now i'm a lot better like now I'm just kind of just hungry on Sundays, just really hungry. Dude, I've been talking about this a lot recently. I'm fucking starving all the time, like all the time. Yeah. Like I'm making myself sick because of it. And I, it's like kind of new and I'm pretty sure 90% sure it has everything to do with my shot, taking my testosterone my because I've been kind of irregular with my shots recently. Everybody knows that I never take my shot on time. It's kind of <laughs> bad. I'm a bad trans boy. But um, <laughs> but I have been so fucking hungry to the point where I'm full. And I'm like, no, I need to keep eating. I have to keep eating. I'm starving. But it hurts. <laughs> and I just can't stop. I, has to, like your appetite, like what you used to like never crave, like do you crave it now? Has that changed? Like Yes. Yeah. 100%. I'd be craving pickles a lot of time. I hated pickles. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hated pickles. 
I used to hate like desserts, like like cake, like donuts, like that. And like yesterday, I had like like the little mini donuts. Not they're not called Munchkins, but like they're just little tiny donuts. I don't know what they're mm-hmm. called, but you get them from like the vending machines. I had one of those, and then I had like another donut. I was like, "What is this? Like so much sugar? Like I'm gonna feel like ass." And I felt fine. I was like, "All right, word." But dude, I could eat the weirdest combination of shit. I had uh, this is disgusting, but I <laughs> I had pickles, donuts, Doritos, fucking graham crackers the other day. Anything. And I was fine. I have a tummy of steel, bro. <laughs> like anything. Like yesterday. No, the day before. I put down like maybe forty bagel bites. I was like, "This is disgusting." <laughs> I was like, "You're disgusting." Where, where is this coming? And I was like, not full either. I, I stopped myself. I was like, "Stomach, absolutely not." <laughs> We're done for the day. Time out. Yeah, you're, you're being put in time out. <laughs> Get out of here, <laughs> dude. It's also like, oh, it's bittersweet because I love eating. It's impossible for me to feel pain when I'm shoving something down my throat like (laughs) it's impossible to feel pain but then i gain weight and then i'm like okay this sucks (laughs) (laughs) i gained a lot of weight in the beginning like i put on some pounds and i was like i was like what (laughs) and then i got really sick um i had like an infection in my chest and i lost like 15 pounds in two weeks Oh, Jesus, and, bro. Yeah, that's a whole fucking story for another day. <laughs> I was so pissed off. But anyways, um, so I kind of just like mellowed out. I'm just mm. at like 126 solidly. Mm. Nice. I stopped working out and I started eating a lot more and I can't stop. So that's where I'm at. Nah, <laughs> man, it is what it is. Fat and happy, and I don't care. <laughs> no, like I, it's to the point where, like, when I was eating like my like twentieth bagel bite, I was like, I'm just gonna keep going. I can't. <laughs> I've come this far. Like what? Whatever. <laughs> I've come this far. Why stop now? And then I was like, ah, well, you know, it's. It'll give me, like, energy to work out. I didn't fucking work out. I was like, Mm-mm. couch potato. I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> Screw this. Dude, bagel bites, though, are so good. Bagel, bagel bites? bites. I mean, come on. They're like, what, like, yay big? Come on. Come on. It's like eating a whole freaking pizza. 20 is like a whole pizza, right? Come on. Come on. Yeah, it's like That's those fine. mini mini Oreos. It's like, ow, how bad <laughs> is this? <laughs> it's bite size. <laughs> Can't be that bad. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that somebody shares the hunger thing with testosterone. It's a real struggle. Can't lie. It is, though. I can't satisfy my hunger. <laughs> that's it. That is it. Even if I'm craving something that I eat, I'm still not satisfied. That's definitely my problem. So I just keep eating. Huh. <sighs> First world problems, I guess. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, because when we were DMing you, you said something really cool. I just asked you to tell me about yourself and stuff. And you said that you think that being trans is a gift. Mm -hmm. 
and that really stuck out to me because I think that's really cool. And you even said yourself, it's not something that you think a lot of other trans people think, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of other trans people see it as a gift. A lot of people see it as a curse. Mm-hmm. Even I saw it as a curse for a long time. Um, but I wanted to ask you why you thought being trans is a gift. What put you in that mindset? Well, because it's two sides of society that not everybody gets to experience. Like, I grew up uh, presenting as female, and now I present as male, obviously, because I am. Mm -hmm. But it gives you a lot of empathy and this unique outlook in society that, you know, society doesn't have to be this way. Like, it gives you a different version of, yeah, the negatives, for sure. Like, probably more than there should be. Mm -hmm. But it gives, for me personally, it gives me, like, motive to change how society should function. And a gift, in a way, like, in a relationship, like, when my girlfriend's complaining, well, not complaining, but, like, you know, saying, like cramps period whatever this and i go yeah like i can relate and like Mm -hmm. validate her in a way yeah uh, is beautiful and i i've heard like other trans men say that like it's difficult for them to cry since starting tea right and like i was like oh that's weird and then like i had a moment where i wanted to cry and i couldn't cry i was like why and I was getting pissed off. I was like, I just really want to cry. Like, why can't I just cry? It is frustrating. I haven't had a good cry in a long time. Yeah, and I used to, like, have my moments of, like, by myself in the shower. I would just cry, and I'd just feel so much better after. Like, it's just, like, my moment. Like, raw, vulnerable me. me. Just therapy session, like, scolding hot water, just crying, being like, Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just sobbing, ugly cry, and then you get out and like nothing happened. Like you're just like, oh, I'm fine now. <laughs> you forget all about it. Yeah, just like ah, yeah, I'll go bowling. Why not? But <laughs> <laughs> now, like, I look for those sessions, and I just like I can't cry. I just stare at the wall in the shower, and I'm just like, yep. Is this is what men do? That like mm. just stare, <laughs> like. That's why they punch walls. <laughs> I did that before, like testosterone. <laughs> like I was an angry kid, for like, you know, rightfully norms. so. But fuck this uh, wall. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, like it's such a beautiful perspective because like you have two sides, like, mm-hmm. and you can be validated and you can validate other people. Right, a hundred percent. I think I talked about this a little bit on my patreon a while ago um i i guess in my opinion i always thought because it stuck out to me when you said that because that's something that i've always thought i always thought that being trans was a gift rather than a curse and maybe a little bit of that comes from an insecurity maybe i am kind of like i don't want this to be a curse i want to choose the fact that it makes me happy you know what i mean (laughs) but i really do think that it's a gift because this the sense of pride I get alone, I think, beats anything 
in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. every time I get a hate comment, every time I feel dysphoric, every time the number of things that we all feel, I remember the shit that I had to do to get here. Like starting testosterone, changing your name, getting top surgery, coming out to literally everybody you know. I fucking dare, I dare somebody to fucking do it. Like it's not something that everybody can do. And I think to be able to look in the mirror and be like, shit, I did all that. That's where I'm like, that is my favorite fucking part about being trans. My favorite part. Oh yeah. It gives you so much. Like it's such a like beautiful experience. Yes, it's very difficult and it takes a lot out of you. But like when you can sit there and be like you know, look how far you've come. Like, that's like a, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hot shit. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah. with me. Like, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also it's like, I think too, belonging to a community plays a huge part in it as well. Like, I don't know, just belonging somewhere gives you a sense of pride or it's like I have millions of people standing behind me who come from the same struggles the same shit I've been through and I don't know to feel prideful together also makes me very happy oh definitely like um, I think I told you when we were DMing uh, I always felt like the black sheep in my family I never and actually anywhere I never felt like I fit in and to be part of a community where I don't even feel like I have to try it's just because that's who I am Mm-hmm. 100%. Is awesome. Like, yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> I think in my depressed era <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, in the early stages of my transition, I was definitely looking at it like it was a curse that I couldn't control or change. And <sighs> I don't know. I think also when you change your mindset, and I think it's something not everybody feels. I know there's, personally for me, I don't, I no longer wish I was born cis. Obviously, for obvious reasons, I do. But for the most part now, I would so much rather be trans, be who I am who I've always been. Mm. It sucks that I have the bo- this body that I don't necessarily love all the time, but I'd rather not have the body that I want than be born a cis male who isn't so self-aware, isn't doesn't have a community behind him, doesn't know how to treat women with respect, mm-hmm. who can't share all of those experiences with women, like sympathize with them. I would so much rather be this than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, I don't hate being trans. I just hate how other people make me hate it sometimes. Mm. That's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You know, I just don't like how p- some people... I think the number one thing that I find really disrespectful is... It's mostly from people who think being trans is a choice. Um, it's like their opinion. Like, our rights are opinion to people. And I think that is so inhumane that they don't even think of us as people. Because mm-hmm. um, that's not fair. Like, if I didn't say anything about being trans, they probably wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because um, before I started transitioning, I looked really white. I looked like a white suburban like girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always got like Italian or Brazilian or whatever, but like I'm half Mexican. And I never got that. And uh, there was one situation where I worked with this guy and like he wasn't from the South, but you know what I'm getting at? Like he had like some, some attitude of like white superior. Mm. And he would just start talking mad shit about Hispanics. And he had no idea that I was Hispanic. And when I dropped Mm. that on him, the look on his face, like he, he was white before, but he got whiter. (laughs) (laughs) dude people talk a lot of shit and then all of a sudden when you come out and say hey i i know somebody like this or i am that things change yeah that too like you don't have to be that person that they're talking shit about if you just know someone it 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 hurts so right i think we all just get written off as a mental illness too which is my entire comment section on Instagram at the moment is that I'm just really? a mental illness. It's fucking ridiculous. But <clears throat> yeah, as you said, it's disgusting how our opinions are, or our human rights are up to opinions, I guess. Yeah, especially politically. like Yeah. And how they're just using that as like, just like a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on top of it all, I still think being trans is a gift because I have to deal with that and I still wake up every day. You try, buddy, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I I really didn't, I don't really get a lot of hate, but uh, when I do, it's more or less like, I really don't care what you have to say, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly. And like, I should do that. I do do that, but like I do be replying to some of these people on Instagram. I just can't help myself. Oh I just no, can't. I I would too. I'd be like, I'd probably say something that's like not appropriate, but <laughs> violating community guidelines for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it took me a long time to realize that it was a gift, and that you know, it actually reminds me when I was. In the very, very, very early stages of my transition, I was young, definitely immature, definitely thought like a child. I think I had to look at being trans as being a superhero in order to be okay with it. In order for me to not be transphobic against myself, I had to be like, no, I'm this other people can't do this. I'm a superhero kind of thing. And I think that's what got me through it in the early stages, which is, I think is kind of wholesome of myself, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely is dude. For sure. Absolutely. I just, and oh, go ahead. No, totally I, go ahead. I just think it, it comes with time is all I was going to say. I think that anybody in the early stages, early stages of their transition won't see it as a gift. Everybody will see it as a curse, especially if, you know, they can't medically transition yet and stuff. It's a very easy thing for me to say when I've already gone through all the most of the steps. But I do want to tell people, especially people who are early in their transition, that it comes with time. You you learn to realize what you can and cannot control. Yep. And you take the things that you can control and you 
you ride it on out because <laughs> you realize oh. not much else you can do. <laughs> For sure. I didn't always think it was a gift. Like, let me make that like a fact. Uh, in the beginning, I absolutely hated everything all the time. Like, it just felt like one thing after another that I have to deal with, like add it to the list. But then like anything in life though, you slowly cross things off. You slowly see the progress. Like if you really want it and then you finally start to see it, it's like unbelievable euphoria. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really great being patient. And I'm not patient at all. Like I'm pretty I mean I'm patient with like certain things, but like this situation, no. I was like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. But um I would say about like six months in, I'd be like, Oh my god, this is really beautiful. Like this is such a beautiful experience that not everybody gets to go through. And I think in like some cultures uh, they also think it's beautiful. Hmm. So I don't know what cultures, but I, I wish I, I was part native. of that culture. <laughs> I think it was like Native Americans. Cool. I think that's like two spirited. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which I vibe with like a lot. I think Native Americans have it to a T how the world mm. spins. I second that honestly. Yeah. Um, I just remembered that for this topic I have my college essay that I wrote when I was 17 and I wanted to read it a little bit because for this topic I think it ties in a little bit because this essay is so dramatic this is (laughs) pre-t Cody this is pre-name change Cody I forgot that I did this it is please I don't I just read the first line and now I don't know if I want to read it oh god it's it's really, really dramatic, but it shows that I was looking at it as a curse. But then towards the end, I'm like, it's a curse, but it's also a gift at the same time. And I didn't even realize that's what I was saying at the time. Um, it's not that long. I could read the whole thing, but um, please. <laughs> <laughs> the first line Okay, my English teacher told me that the first line needed to be very grabby so that the college... I didn't even go to college, guys. This didn't even work. Just (laughs) (laughs) never used to this, but it's the best thing I've ever written. Also, my sister helped me out immensely to write this, so most credit goes to her. But the first line goes... Oh, Jesus Christ. I killed her on January 14th, 2016. Oh my God. I couldn't love her like everybody told me I should have. I needed someone better. Someone who was confident in their own skin. Someone not so broken, not so sad. I needed him. And when I thought about him, I felt complete. It was like every question I had ever asked myself had finally been answered. But if I wanted him, she needed to go. Once I found the courage to let everyone know it was him that I wanted, I killed her. It was the best decision I ever made. This is what it's like to be transgender. That's the intro. <laughs> what was I on? <laughs> Yo, I just murdered her. <laughs> like, what? Like, are you good? Like, my God. And then the second paragraph is like just explaining what 
transgender is because obviously nobody fucking knows. <laughs> I forgot about that actually. January 14th, 2016 is when I came out as trans. Now y'all know the date. I didn't even know the date. Um, I'll read it. Fuck it. <clears throat> I am transgender, female to male, which means I was born female, but now identify as male. Although becoming transgender was the best choice I have made, I have faced many obstacles in the process. For example, my mother, my role model, and the person I look, to, look up to the most doesn't fully support me as much as she should. She does now, though. I love you, Mom. Sorry. Um, <laughs> because of this, my relationship with her has taken its toll. Even though this situation has been very hard to deal with, I am quickly learning that I do not need anyone's support as long as I know who I am and that I'm happy with it. Luckily, I have been surrounded by many supportive people, including my friends and other family members. Many, many would say that they did not think they would have come so far without their loved ones. This is not how I feel. Damn. <laughs> Although my friends and family have helped me tremendously, I am the reason that I'm as happy as I am right now. I have dealt with many struggles that I had to overcome in order to get where I am today. I said, I only need me. <laughs> <laughs> Since I am transgender, I do experience gender dysphoria on occasion. Gender dysphoria is in condition of feeling one's emotional and psychological identity as male to female male or female to be opposite of one's biological sex look at me teaching everybody i feel this way because the gender that i am in my mind does not match my body's gender therefore resulting in confusion and frustration towards my own body i am aware that dysphoria will always be a struggle for me surprisingly i'm not scared <laughs> because i know that i have what it takes to make myself happy and i don't have to depend on anyone else to make me feel better Another struggle I have to deal with on a daily basis is others calling me the wrong pronouns. My pronouns are he, him, but not everyone remembers to refer to me as male. This is my biggest struggle because it's a constant reminder that I was born in the wrong body. I handle the problem by calmly and politely telling the person that I prefer he, him pronouns. That's a fucking lie. I lied straight. <laughs> I never corrected anybody. I was always too scared. I would let them just misgender me and I would just <laughs> sit there and be miserable about it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though these struggles cause me great pain, I do not let them interfere with who I am. I remain the happiest person I can possibly be. Jesus Christ. Besides my overall confidence and contentment, being transgender is the hardest part of my life. One of the worst things about it is that nobody told me I was going to be a boy one day. Nobody said to me this was going to hurt. In fact, being transgender came out of left field for me. Luckily, I'm young enough and am still young enough to continue exploring myself comfortably. Although it hurt and still does, I'm grateful to be this way. It gave me a sense of reality and a new perspective. That's how it ties into this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I was never ignorant prior to my transition, but I was uneducated, and I'm grateful to be so knowledgeable on topics of the LGBT community and gender expression because now it helps me help others. Being transgender, I've made several transgender friends. Also a fucking lie. This is a straight up lie. <clears throat> I didn't know a single trans person. Uh, who I never would have been able to help without my own personal experience. I didn't help anybody. When they're feeling dysphoric, I understand. When they wake up in the morning prouder than ever, I understand. When they go to bed at night wishing none of this had ever happened, I understand that too. I feel emotions I never would have dreamed of feeling. I see myself in ways I never would have seen myself. Although being transgender taught me how to have an open mind and being understanding to everyone, the most important thing it taught me was how to go through some unbearable nights and still wake up prouder and happier than ever.
And this is the last paragraph. <clears throat> Here's what we get real dramatic. From being from the beginning of my transition up until now, I feel mostly proud. Being transgender was like putting myself under a spotlight and have nothing having nothing to say or do. Everyone was just watching me flounder and struggle to stay afloat. Nobody helped me but myself on this journey. I couldn't just run off stage and turn back. I had to grit my teeth and bear it until I found a way not to sink. I learned to find find pride in myself even on my lowest days. I learned that nobody could tear me down but myself. So I had to stop critiquing and start encouraging. I learned that sometimes hell isn't just a fiery inferno. It's your own room at midnight while you're staring at the mirror trying to find a way to just turn everything off. Overall, these obstacles have shaped me into the person I am proud to be, and I will never regret who I've become since January 14th, 2016. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you laid it on thick. I did. Yeah. I said, boom. Boom. I low-key forgot about all of that. That was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. <sighs> Thank you. My sister, I I remember, the more I read that, the more I could remember, I went to my sister and I was like, this is how I feel. Make me sound smart. And that's kind of what she did. <laughs> so I owe a lot of that to her. But all of that to not go to college. <laughs> not bad, dude. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I completely forgot about that. I should have read that on this podcast a while ago. But I think it, it tied in well to what we were talking about today. Yeah, for sure. I think I think so. I mean, you know, 100%. at such a, such a young age, though, like, I think that's what's forgotten, too, that, like, we forget young kids feel this way at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And thinking that, like, it's just a phase or it's, like, something they'll get over or, like, there's a cure is, it's just not realistic. Like, right. people feel the way they feel. And maybe if you just took the time to listen you'd understand instead of like right off the bat, just being like, no, I don't want to hear it because it's wrong. It's like, well, you don't know what's wrong if you'd never even opened your ears to it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I was a kid, I was 17. I was sitting in my English class terrified to have my English teacher read that because he was like fucking 40-year-old white guy who favored, yeah, (laughs) who favored... All the 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 cis guys who played sports. Yeah, That's course. who my English teacher was. So I was terrified to have him read that. And he also, throughout this entire fucking thing, if you can see it, he was marking it up. All the places oh, yeah. I fucked up. Like, just marking the shit out of it. And I'm, like, <laughs> pouring my heart and soul. And he's like, mm, proper grammar. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then he just writes so powerful at the end. Like, okay, bud, that's all you had to say? Thanks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think he graded it. <laughs> Sounds hard, but you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dead ass. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much sums up that topic for me. Like I, being trans clearly fucking sucks ass, but it also has its pros. And that's what makes it a gift at the end of the day because you get a sense of pride and you can tell the world who you are and hopefully help a couple people along the, along the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, I did before we go. I did wanted to talk about. We talked about it a little bit before. Um, you said that you were about a month ago. I guess I think you said coming into a place where you were like, "What am I doing with my life?" And how you wanted to be more of a voice for the trans community or just the LGBT community in general. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how being in your 20s is like the hardest fucking part of life, I think. Oh, yeah. So many people put so much pressure on you to know exactly what you want to do with your life. And I think it's pressure gets put on you to just find something and make money doing it, whether you love it or not. And I fucking hate that. I fucking hate it to my core. And I struggled a lot until a year ago, exactly, when I decided to start this podcast. I had no idea what I was doing in my life. I was broke. I refused to work an office job or any job in general. I I was like, I can't. I cannot bring myself to go to work anymore. I hate it. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. Nothing. like I don't have a passion. And I always hated myself for not having a passion because everybody else does. Everybody that I'm fucking surrounded by has a passion, and I didn't have one. And... My little fucking rant there. I <laughs> I just think the fact that you know, and it sounds like it's a recent thing that you've just mm-hmm. figured out that you want to help the community in any, in any way, shape, or form is really cool. And I want to talk a little bit more about how you figure that out, I guess, and what mm-hmm. you want to do with that. Yeah. Well, I highly agree that like basically after you graduate high school, you're expected to just know what you want to do and who you want to be mm-hmm. and how to get there. And I had no idea at all. I went to college. I didn't even want to go to college. I actually wanted to uh, be a Marine. <laughs> I wanted to be oh, in the, the military. Yeah. I come from a military family and um, a lot of the reason why I am not a Marine is because I was super uncomfortable with my body and I didn't know how to fit into it. And it really held me back and I've just felt so held back for so many years. And so coming out last year or, you know, a little over a year has opened my eyes to so much. Um, It feels like I can do whatever I want to do now. And um, being trans comes with a lot of confidence when you see yourself doing the stuff that you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. just being trans, like getting to this point, be like, I did that. Like I advocated for myself, like with some help, obviously, but like I wanted this, so I went for it. Like I want top surgery, so I made those phone calls. I advocated to like, do what I had to do to reach like whatever check marks they wanted so I could get that consultation. And mm-hmm. like, I'm such a humble person growing up. I was humbled probably way too much that I, I didn't have to be because I didn't get any confidence a lot growing up. And this has given me so much confidence and I've always been so empathic to other people. And like I said, you know, being in the state of Massachusetts, I'm so blessed to have these opportunities and 
not feel like I'm so challenged to get my rights taken away. And, you know, every time I have that shot, I guess it's a little less anxiety ridden because I can have that shot and I should take that shot because not everybody can have that. And it's always been such a struggle for me to figure out what I want to do, how I want to do it, like where's my place in this world. And like, cause I'm a mechanic right now and I don't find any of that fulfilling at all. Mm-hmm. And I just like helping people and yeah, like a month ago, I've just had this like, not breakdown, but like I just sat there because I got frustrated at work and I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I settling for something less than I'm better at? Like, right. you know, I deserve so much better in my life. And mm-hmm. like I said, being trans has given me that confidence of like, I don't have to settle for a life that I don't deserve. Like, I'm not going to. just suppress who I am because I just fit in better. Like that's not how anyone should live their life. And I feel like the best way to show people that is if I advocate and I go out there and I help people reach that, that point in their life where they're like, okay, I can do this. Like I've always had this in me and like now it's just time to just show the world that and like being who you are, is absolutely beautiful like this world doesn't need like salt and pepper it needs like flavor like there's so many spices in the world why season it with just like basic i mean like steak is dope with salt and pepper but like if you put some spice on there like now it just got better like what is the problem with spicing things up that's amazing i love that yeah so um yeah i at the age of basically 28 I finally figured out that like I really want to advocate in this community and do something with it and just figure I mean I haven't figured out exactly what yet like again this is just like a month ago but I've been a lot more active in the community for sure like I signed up for um an LGBTQIA+ um support group online through Charlie Health um uh I've tried to go to events like uh, the Human Rights Campaign. They hold events in uh, Boston and online virtual events too. Like I'm just trying to get involved in any way possible. I mean, if anybody want to hit hits me up, like I'll totally try to help out. Like that's fine. Um, sure. That's awesome. But man. like, you know, because I reached out to you because I saw your podcast on TikTok and I was like, this is dope. Like, wow. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to hit him up, see if, like, they respond, and, like, you did. And I had, like, this, like, freak out at work. I was like, yes! And then people looked at me, and I was like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. I appreciate it, dude. I'm really glad that you reached out, honestly. This is a great episode. I'm excited about it. Yeah, so um, I think, like, what I'm getting at is that, you know, that's part of why being trans is a gift because it gives you like, yeah, just so much. Like it opens your eyes that like you can do anything you really want. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it bleeds into other aspects of life. I think I agree a hundred percent on that. you're like, it gives you confidence in other areas of your life. Like it's taught me more than just, being who I want to be in my own skin and proving transphobic people wrong. It's taught me 
to ways to carry myself in a fucking job interview. Like it's taught me the little things and the big and the big things. You know what I mean? I yeah, it's it, important. It definitely taught me how to like stand up for myself more because I would always t- I was I used to people please as much as possible just because I was like craving that acceptance. Right. And sure. now it's like, like no, don't treat me like that. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I used to be a little snowflake in high school. I couldn't stand up for myself. I couldn't do anything. And now, like, I'm ripping transphobic people apart on the internet every day. <laughs> <laughs> As you should, because screw them. Like, what's... Yeah, yeah. Do you think that you want to be a face on social media for the trans community? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you can deal with the hate that comes with that? Honestly, I don't think I could deal with myself not even trying to put myself out there to help other people. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that would make me crumble more inside that, like, I feel like I can do this and not doing it would make me crumble. Because, like, yeah, sure, like, other people are going to have – any public figure is going to have hate regardless. Mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. matter. So – uh, I'm fully aware that that's going to happen, and I am not super strong inside internally. I'm still a little fragile, but I rather put myself out there for a good cause, what I fully believe, than like not do it at all, and have people like have those people not even have the chance to tell me I'm wrong. They just, they basically, for me, they won if I don't even try. Mm. That's, that's a really solid point, bro. Yeah. I like that. Cause that's exactly how I feel. That's how I felt going into this podcast and like even seeing the hate that I was getting from just ignorant fucks on the internet. I'm, I'm not one who really gives a shit though. Like I just laugh at it. And then make fun of them on my podcast. Like, it's a win for me. Like, by commenting, you're just giving me content. So, like, it's a win win for me. But I do, it doesn't affect me as much as I think it affects other people. But mm-hmm. I will say that I do understand it more. Like, because I guess before I started the podcast, I was always like, like watching Dylan Mulvaney or other content creators, like, being so hurt by it. I wasn't ignorant to it. Like, I understood. But sometimes I would be like, oh, but you have so much love in your comment section. Like, pay attention to that. Like, mm-hmm. just just focus on the love that you're getting because, like, look what you're doing for the community. And, like, now I do understand that, like, I'll get 20 comments saying how inspiring I am and how this is a great thing that I'm doing. And then I get, like, two hate comments telling me that I have a mental illness and that I deserve to die and those are the ones that I end up responding to. And I sit with myself and I'm like, why did I do that? Why, why do I feel like I need to fucking prove myself to people like that? I, I just, I understand it more. So I'm trying to not do it as much. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I get that. Like it, you know, I've heard that like example where like you could have like a hundred comments of like they're positive, but it's just that one negative one that really gets to you. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand that. But like, the ones that like tell you to like you should you shouldn't be around like you should die like I'm gonna get really serious 
um, like I struggled with that. Like I didn't think I should have been around. Like I wanted to die. Like I've been admitted to the hospital. I admitted myself to the hospital. So like now that I want to be alive, like every day I strive to exist. Like I find life livable is so important so you know it is like yeah like yeah tell me i want to die like fuck off like i i've been there like i got over that i love myself like go away (laughs) Uh, you think they learn though like no what if what if i did want to die bro that's murder fuck you (laughs) yeah that's true like uh, the people that even like say that though is like come on like that's a human being like Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you in that one sentence her their whole personality. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, and like it also with the mental illness thing, because that's mostly what my comments are about: is that being trans is a mental illness, and and that instead of being on hormones, I should be in a mental institution getting help. I think that is, I don't know. It, clearly you're confused about mental illness and you don't see mental illness as a real problem either. Like there's just so many problems, so many misconceptions and judgments that you have in your mind that just don't make sense. And you're confused. Well, they thought like PMSing was like a mental illness back then. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. That's a fat fact. Yeah. That's a fat fact. I forgot that I actually... I have proof. I have proof. I will show you. I got... Oh, I had a... What was this episode about? Oh, I think it was a TikTok that I made about what to do if your partner leaves you for being trans when you come out as being trans. And I just gave my two cents on it and how like that sucks and that it's... Just a mean thing to just up and leave somebody for being trans without even giving the littlest amount of support. Oh, yeah. And I I still said that preferences are okay and that it's not transphobic if you don't want to be with somebody who's trans. It's just there's better ways to go about it than just upping and leaving. That's pretty much all I said. And I got a comment. <laughs> uh, let me see. Wait, I got two comments on that one i think first one said bro you literally changing genders what the f you mean if my partner said that i'm leaving no doubt in my mind literally not the same person and this person has uh, a check mark next to their name a blue check so i clicked on them they had like maybe like fifty thousand or something like that and then their pictures had like 200 likes and so i commented back and i said how much did all those followers cost you (laughs) (laughs) and he got so mad (laughs) like that's all i do i just sit on instagram and make these people mad for no reason and then honestly he hit me with a good one after i can't lie (laughs) he said (laughs) he said less than your failed transition surgery (laughs) Wow, what? I honestly laughed my ass off at that one. Oh my god. I said, shit, maybe you got me. 
<laughs> no, I commented back and I was like, look, that's really fucking funny, but it also makes no sense. So it just clear it's clear that you're ignorant as fuck. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. still funny. Still funny. I <laughs> round of applause for that one. I can't even lie. <laughs> Jeez. And then I got another one saying <clears throat> on that same video, if I have a girlfriend and she decides to change genders, I'd leave her immediately without any farther explanation. She would probably unalive herself in 10 years. Why would I want a trans friend? They're annoying as fuck. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. Like, you have fucking problems. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, that's just projecting. Like, I feel like he's venting. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with, like, if his girlfriend, like, changes i feel like that's just something internally that he's struggling with and he's just like really laying it on (laughs) (laughs) to which i responded hence why you don't have a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't answer (laughs) Uh, it's like you you set it up so easily for me come on (laughs) and then i this is the last one this one this guy has commented on a couple of my fucking videos. He just won't stop. Nice. I gotta block him, but he goes, I don't even remember what this video is about, but it honestly doesn't even matter. He goes, this clearly illustrates an issue trans folks never seem to get. You can live your life however you want, but you have no right to demand that others buy into it. To which I said, no one is demanding anything, and there's nothing to buy into. It's called treating others with kindness, kindness and respect, which clearly you are incapable of. So what are you doing here? Do you have nothing better to do? Are, are you this insecure or lonely? Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> they always get really mad at me when I, like, sympathize with them. I'm like, oh, you okay? They get <laughs> really mad at that. <laughs> and then I just stop answering and let them have a little hissy fit in my comment section. Oh, my God. But yeah, sometimes I just like to read those hate comments just just to show everybody that people really have nothing better to do than because like all of these all these fucking accounts are most of the time like troll accounts. Like that's what they made the account for. Yeah, yeah. Because they they, have nothing better to do. No, they don't. Like they're literally taking the time to do this. Like. That alone is, like, sad. Like, come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> like, what a sad life you're living. And then TikTok, I make the, I'll usually make, you know, me reading those hate comments on these episodes, I usually make it, or I have Max make it into clips, and TikTok takes it down, as if I'm the bully. Because I'm, like, I'm defending myself, and I'm like, what the fuck? I can't win. <laughs> It's fucked up, man. <laughs> it's stuck. Yep. Absolutely fucked. All right. What time we got? Oh, wow. Now we're in 48 minutes. Time flies when you're having fun. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Um, before we go, I wanted to do the trans song of the week. I've decided that from now on for the trans song of the week, I am asking my guests what they want to be the trans song of the week because i want to know what has like helped you or any other guests through their transition what meant something to you and your trans song of the week drum roll please was love me more by sam smith oh yeah boy you sent me this i said period 
I said period. I love Sam Smith. Um, <clears throat> tell me about that song. What do you like about it? Well, I mean, like, if you just listen to it and, like, you consider, like, a trans person, that alone. Like, it just, word by word, lyric by lyric, is, it, oh, it's just so beautifully done. Absolutely. And I didn't, I didn't find the song, It's Found Me. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, it hit me. I was like, wow. Like, period. And it's not, I listened to it. It's very good. It's not a song that was written, I don't think, for, like, obviously I think songs are always written so that anybody can relate to them, but it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, intended for, <clears throat> like, a specific trans person to relate to it, but it just so happens that it it does. You know what I mean? I have lyrics here that I wrote down that I liked from the, st- from the song. Mm-hmm. I think it's in, like, the first verse. Uh, they go, it used to burn every insult, every word, but it helped me learn self-worth I had to earn. So I tried every night to sit with sorrow and eventually it set me free. Yeah. It like, I'm um, not like great with words, but, um, I love music. So where I fail with words, music really helps me out. And this song like really helped me out to try to like put in perspective, like my feelings. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I love about music, man. That's what I love. And honestly, that thing that I just read, those lyrics, mm-hmm. didn't I didn't even realize how well they played into like being trans as a gift yeah. on the topic. Like, it used to burn every insult, every word, but it helped me learn. Like, damn, yeah, damn. <laughs> that hit me right in my heart. I love that. Yeah, Thank you for sharing that song. Bro. Yeah. I saw Sam actually in concert a little over a month ago, and that was like the best concert I've ever saw. A lot of people have been seeing Sam Smith recently. So good. Popping off. Popping off. I love it. And a lot of people are like, I think their pronouns are they, them, right? Sam Smith. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying that they're a devil worshiper now because of that one song. And I'm like, guys, stop. It's just music. Can we relax? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking like way too into it. <laughs> yeah. Just relax. Um, but Torrent, I want to know your socials so people can follow you. Yeah. So uh, it's Torrent Taylor, T O R R Y N T A Y L O R, at uh, just at Torrent Taylor. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I'll probably be on more. Uh, that's it. If you want to hit me up, go for it. I will help you in any or or I'll help you in any way possible I can if you're part of the community. Nice. So we'll have your socials up a couple times throughout the episode too. So if people want to follow you and reach out, they can. Yeah. And make sure you follow me at HRT Podcast <laughs> on Instagram and TikTok. I post on there every single day. Uh, make sure you also also Torin, if you want to join the Discord server, you should. And everybody else, join the fucking Discord server. The link will be in the description below. We're having a lot of fun. I'm going to host some game nights and some movie nights soon. And it's just a bunch of trans people having a good fucking time. And everyone's becoming friends. And it's just so great to see. And you should join. And if you haven't joined yet, just join. But if you want to join my Patreon, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's only $5 a month. You can yell at me and tell me the content you actually want to see. You can. I've been posting a lot of 
game clips on there. I've been playing some games with my friends, and I've just been posting it right to Patreon. Uh, and I think that's that's fun. So come see that. Um, and you get a lot of stuff that I don't talk about here. I leave things specifically for Patreon. So if you're interested in that, please join. I would appreciate you so much. Um, also, in the description below will be the Charlie Health thing you were talking about. That'll also be in the description below. But make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. A lot of you are viewing these videos and you're not subscribing. It is one button. I know you are capable of doing it. I would appreciate it. Uh, and Torin, thank you so much for being on today. This was a great episode and I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Cody. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I drop videos every Tuesday, so I will see you next week, guys. Thank you so much. Bye.